0: Don't worry, be warranty.
1: There were two bodies that were located inside of this home, and that's really all we knew. Is there a little adrenaline when you're pulling up? Always. Your blood starts to get pumping a little bit, and you start to think about how this is going to play out.
2: What did you see as you entered this home?
3: Well, it's a very nice home in a great neighborhood.
4: Fairfax County is located just outside of Washington, DC. It is an affluent area of Northern Virginia. It was a million dollar home.
1: As you walk through the kitchen, you encounter a mudroom that connects the kitchen to the garage. In that mudroom, we discover Pamela Hargan. How was she positioned on the ground?
3: She was lying face down, and she had a blanket laid over her. Like
1: a quilt. Her cell phone is actually laying on top of the quilt.
3: And there was a pool of blood coming from the area of her head onto the floor.
1: What else do you find? We go upstairs, and then we encounter Helen Hargan inside of the bathroom that's in her bedroom.
3: She appeared to have been sitting on the toilet when she was shot. She was fully clothed.
1: She has some kind of trauma uh, to her head. There's a rifle in between her legs. She's got a tremendous amount of uh, blood in her mouth.
3: Finding two deceased persons with one with a gun on their body might have been a murder-suicide.
1: Suicide, possibly.
2: What are we looking at here now?
3: This is the main room of the basement that set of books or photo albums. And I wanted to see what my victims may have looked like
4: in life. Pam Hargan was a woman in her 60s, an incredibly successful business-minded woman. She was generous with her money. This is a woman who built an $8 million estate. She poured her life into her family. Helen, the youngest daughter, had returned home from college.
5: Helen was... The kind of daughter I think that everybody would want. She was lovely.
4: She had a number of friends. She had a boyfriend. Helen never struck
5: me as having a dark side. Mothers and daughters butt heads. I mean, did Helen and her mother get along perfectly? I don't think so.
4: You don't know what goes on behind closed doors. Maybe Helen had murdered her mother and then shot herself.
2: So. What's your gut telling you as you take a look at these
1: two bodies? Wait. You will make mistakes if you make assumptions before you actually do the work. So she would have had to have done what to shoot herself in the head that way? Magic. She would have had to have done magic. It just isn't possible.
2: Friday, July 14th, 2017, about 5 p.m. Fairfax County, Virginia police visit the next of kin to deliver awful news. 63-year-old Pam Hargan and 24-year-old Helen Hargan are dead.
1: Pamela was shot twice in the mudroom.
2: Lead detective Brian Byerson says police are recording and whispering to avoid being overheard when they give Pam's ex-husband, Steve, more painful details about Helen.
1: She had me other a punch-off from on the fear of I'm really sorry. There was a thought that went around that it might have been a murder-suicide.
2: Hargan soon summons his other two daughters, 32-year-old Ashley and 34-year-old Megan
6: what's happening oh, what happened
2: they react with equal parts pain and panic
7: oh god what are we gonna do jesus what are we gonna do i don't know her mom takes care of everything yeah i just don't even understand
8: we we're at the, the freaking party. house
2: Megan Hargan tells authorities she and her eight-year-old daughter Molly have been living with Pam and Helen while her husband is in the military. She says she'd left the home with Molly at about 1.30 p.m. that day, adding that there'd been an argument between her mother and Helen, who had been upset.
7: Helen has been so angry, like, just so angry all the time.
2: And struggling emotionally.
7: I knew-
5: like to do this like i can't wrap my head around this.
1: is it true that she once threatened suicide i think that that is possibly true yes
2: in fact ashley would later tell authorities helen had thoughts about self-harm i know my sister was depressed
1: has she ever talked about
2: hurting herself yeah but Megan also suggests her mother and sister could have been attacked by offering a potentially important clue, something she reports she'd seen the day before.
1: Two suspicious males casing the neighborhood, and she later tells us those particular guys are the reason why she ends up bringing this rifle up to the main floor of the house.
2: It's the 22 Ruger rifle found with Helen's body, and it belongs to Megan's husband. She says her mother had allowed her to store it in the house until the couple moved into their own place in West Virginia.
7: My husband and I literally just closed on our new home yesterday. My mom bought it for us.
2: Steve and Pam Hargan divorced when the children were young. Pam took them and moved around before ending up in Potomac, Maryland. Next door to Tammy Malios. Megan was very upset about the divorce. In the next few years, Tammy got to know Megan and her little sister, Helen, and often
5: saw them across the backyard fence. The girls were out in the yard all the time with the dogs, that sort of thing, so...
2: Tammy says she always knew there was a sibling rivalry.
5: Megan did bring that up a lot saying that Helen was the favorite.
2: But she remembers that for the most part, the Hargan sisters seemed to get
5: along fine. Pam was proud of them. She talked highly of her girls
4: whenever I did speak with her. Pam Hargan poured her life into those kids.
2: Michelle Sagona works for CBS News. She's been covering this story for nearly four years and says the other love of Pam Hargan's life was her job. Pam had spent decades climbing the career ladder to become a vice president of aerospace giant Lockheed Martin.
4: She had built an $8 million estate, but she didn't keep it for herself. She was constantly giving to those around her, specifically to her children. Helen
2: seemed to have her mother's ambition, double majoring in math and management science at Southern Methodist University in Dallas. That's where Aaron Rockneen met her in 2014.
9: When I first met her, I was extremely scared of her because she didn't laugh or smile. She's kind of like a onion. You have to peel the layers off, and you really get to know the kind and genuine person underneath there.
2: Rockneen says they became close friends. It's been said that Helen may have suffered from depression. Did you ever see any of that?
9: I did not at all.
2: Rockneen says her friends spent a lot of time studying, though Helen did have a job at a nearby restaurant. She was working as a waitress. There was a 30-something named Carlos Gutierrez working in the restaurant, too.
4: They fell for each other in short order. And they had plans to move in together.
2: Pam had started building a house for Helen in Northern Virginia, So in the spring of 2017, Helen had moved back home
4: from Dallas. According to Carlos, he hadn't asked her to be his wife, but he was working towards that.
2: But Megan tells police Pam hadn't approved of Helen's relationship.
4: She believed that Helen was going to try to move Carlos into the house, and my mom didn't want him being there.
2: Still, Helen had been moving ahead, planning for the future.
4: It was just a matter of figuring out her career path takes a little while to figure it out, but she was going to get there.
2: But Helen Hargan never got there. Fairfax County Police and fire. How may I
1: assist you? Yes, I have an emergency.
2: On the day of the shooting, it was Carlos Gutierrez who had first alerted authorities that something in the Hargan house was dreadfully wrong.
5: I'm in Dallas,
2: Texas, and my girlfriend lives in the He says he and Helen had spoken earlier that morning. Now he can't get in touch with her and he's worried.
5: My girlfriend won't answer the phone and I'm thinking my girlfriend's life is in danger. Okay, sir. What I need you to do then is contact your local jurisdiction, file a report with them and tell them that Fairfax County requires a teletype in order to do a welfare check.
1: I feel really bad for Carlos because he's bounced around all over the place just trying to get somebody to listen to the fact that he thinks his girlfriend's life is in danger. I think this
2: is like life or death. Like I think somebody might be dead. Carlos Gutierrez would later testify about why he was so concerned. He would also tell a jury he felt authorities were giving him the runaround that day, even when he called back later with something explosive to add, something Helen had told him.
6: Exactly what did your girlfriend say to you?
5: Fairfax County Police and fire, how may I assist you with yes, an emergency?
2: It's 1.44 p.m. on July 14th, 2017. Carlos Gutierrez, Helen's boyfriend in Texas, is having a hard time with 911 dispatchers in Virginia. Like a thief the lucky dead.
5: Right, sir. Contact your local jurisdiction. File the report. Has been
2: the call to- ends without a promise of help. So 15 minutes later, Carlos calls again. And this time, he makes a startling revelation about something he says Helen had told him on the phone that
5: morning.
9: My girlfriend told me that her sister killed her mom.
5: Now my girlfriend won't answer her phone.
2: Megan Hargan had murdered her mother, or at least that's what Carlos said Helen had told him.
3: Okay, is this just out of the blue? Your girlfriend is sitting in a house with a dead woman.
2: Yes. Why was Carlos, who was more than a thousand miles away, calling 911? Why didn't Helen call herself? What was going on in that house? I reported a murder earlier and we have the address, and I have the address. When police arrive around 3 p.m., they find Pam is dead. But they discover Helen's body, too. Carlos had offered authorities a possible explanation for Pam, but Helen was a mystery. Megan Hargan told police something interesting. Her mother and sister had been arguing that day.
7: This morning, my mom let Helen know that she was canceling the contract on the house she's building her because she truly believed that Helen was gonna try to move Carlos into the house.
2: And when middle sister Ashley hears that Carlos is accusing Megan of murder, she makes it clear she doesn't believe him.
7: She would never do
5: that, Mm -hmm. ever, never, okay? Megan
2: Hargan's friend, Rebecca Wolf, agrees.
6: I do not believe that Megan killed her mom, Pam, or her sister, Helen. No piece of me believes that.
2: Rebecca and Megan met in 2015 when they both were volunteering in a program to find homes for dogs rescued from war zones. Rebecca says that Megan always had a passion for animals.
6: She is very compassionate, generous heart. She is just a really good person. And Rebecca
2: says Megan often talked
6: about her family, her generous mother. Megan admired Pam's wisdom, her career. She always spoke very lovingly of her.
2: And her sisters, especially the baby of the family, Helen.
6: Megan talked about Helen struggling with things and feeling depressed, but I never got the impression that it was insurmountable.
2: Rebecca says that Megan called her on the day of the shooting and sounded like a woman who'd lost everything
6: very distraught and she did not give me details of what had happened she just said we've lost mom and Helen
2: by 8 p.m. police had told the media what they had told the Hargan family this looked like a murder suicide but detective Byerson says the more he saw of the crime scene the less he thought so and the more he wanted to take a closer look at Megan Hargan that night he had officers test her hands for gunshot residue and photograph her. Did she become a person of interest at that moment?
1: She's certainly a person of interest because we know that she was in the house.
2: Police knew the house probably held answers. Crime scene detective Julia Elliott, who had joined Detective Byerson at the scene, spent the evening combing for evidence.
3: I was shown Pamela's body first.
2: One thing that caught her attention was Pam Hargan's cell phone.
3: It's laying on top of the pool of blood and the blanket.
2: Was it unusual to see the cell phone in this kind of position?
3: Yes, it certainly wouldn't fall on top of the blanket and on top of the blood once you were already covered up.
2: And what does it suggest that the cell phone is lying on top of this comforter?
3: That suggests to me that it was placed there by someone.
2: Elliot says the Helen Hargan shooting scene was next.
3: She had a lot of blood on
2: her face. So much blood that it was impossible to see an entry wound. And there was more on the floor, but there was a lack of blood where investigators expected to see it.
3: The rifle itself had very little blood on it.
2: The rifle was leaning against Helen's body. The butt was on the floor between her legs. The barrel was pointed up towards the ceiling.
3: You would expect that if the rifle had been sitting there as she bled so heavily, it would also have blood on it.
2: And was there anything on this gun from Megan? No. What about fingerprints on this rifle?
3: None that were
2: usable. There was DNA found on the trigger, but it wasn't Megan or Helen's. Is it true that Helen's DNA was found on the rifle
1: case? Yes, that is true.
2: But Byerson says only on the tip of the case. Megan's DNA was on the case handles. It's part of the reason police believe Helen Hargan never touched the gun that day.
3: As she died, someone else was there to place it on her.
2: She says Helen's phone was telling as well. There was almost no blood on it. And although Helen had used it that day to talk and text with Carlos, there were no
3: fingerprints either. What we found was what looked like swipe marks as if someone had taken their hand and wiped off the front of the screen.
2: Though it would take time to learn exactly how the Hargan women died, in the basement, Detective Elliott saw an immediate opportunity to learn how they had lived.
3: I got a little uh, nosy. And I wanted to see what my victims may have looked like in life. So I pulled out one of the center photo albums to look at it and open it up.
2: Tucked away in that album of family photos was something that seemed out of place. Documents, Megan's bank statement, Pam's too, and a spreadsheet full of passwords and security verification details to unlock all of Pam Hargan's accounts. Well, that's interesting. Were you able to analyze the paper?
3: So at the time of us locating that, financial documents were not on our search warrant.
2: So Detective Elliott photographed the documents and left them in the house. But when she entered with the proper search warrant days later... They were not there. They were not
3: there? They were not.
2: The house had been returned to the Hargan family's custody the day after the shooting. And something else had happened that day. The medical examiner delivered her report on Helen Hargan's autopsy. Casting doubt on the
1: murder-suicide theory. It tells us that someone else pulled the trigger. What do you think the crime scene suggests about
2: what happened? Chat now with the 48 Hours team on Facebook and Twitter. A police spokesman was calling the Hargan shootings a murder-suicide. But the next day, when Detective Brian Byerson saw
1: Helen's autopsy report, he was certain it was something else. The gunshot wound on Helen Hargan was in the top of her head.
2: The rifle bullet had traveled downward
1: into her neck. She would have to hold it straight up and be able to reach the trigger to accomplish this. I've never seen that before, and I've worked a lot of murders. Well, what does that tell you when you when you learn that information?
2: It tells us that someone else pulled the trigger. As Detective Byerson arrived to work two days later on Monday, July 17th...
5: Good morning. Thank you for calling Cap One Bank.
2: There was a clue waiting for him, a
1: clue that Byerson was able to take all the way to the bank. That Monday morning, I have a message on my desk phone from Capital One.
2: The bank had some startling news. Bank employees had seen reports of Pam Hargan's death and wanted him to know about some strange activity on her account.
3: Could you tell me your name, please?
2: Pamela Hansen Hargan. Someone claiming to be Pam Hargan had called the bank the day before the shooting with a request.
5: What can I do for you today?
2: I was told that I could do a wire transfer. Whoever it was was trying to transfer money, more than four hundred thousand dollars, out of Pam's account to a real estate settlement company in West Virginia.
5: Are you getting ready to buy a house?
2: Uh, for my daughter, yes. The caller was able to successfully answer Pam's security questions.
4: All right, you ace the verification. Great job.
2: Detective Byerson discovered that the transaction hadn't gone through. So the caller had tried again the next day, on the morning of Pam's murder.
5: Uh, Yes, we attempted to yesterday and there was a bit of a mix-up, so we would like to do it again now. Okay. They need it today.
2: Somebody's trying to perhaps steal Pam's money. Yes. And Byerson believed he knew who that somebody was. That is Megan Hargan pretending to be her mother. Pretending, pretending. He decided it was time for him to get Megan Hargan on the phone. Megan, how you how you holding up?
8: I am really not okay.
2: Megan claimed the attempted wire transfers were just an innocent mix-up at the bank. But by now, Byerson was suspicious of everything she said. He began to think Megan Hargan had been trying to confuse police all along.
9: I realize there's a lot of confusion here.
2: Megan had stressed Helen's depression and anger issues with investigators.
7: Helen has been so angry. like Just so angry all the time over everything.
2: But Megan told Byerson her sister would never have killed herself or her mom. I can't imagine my own baby sister doing that at all. She repeated her story about two strange men in the neighborhood.
0: I had a
9: Police about these two guys. Other people had called them apparently.
2: But Byerson says that tip went nowhere. The only call that's made
1: about these guys in the neighborhood is from Megan Hargan.
2: He had run down every lead, every alternative theory. There were no other suspects. But there was a motive, the money, and the person who had needed it
1: couldn't stop talking. She demanded to come in and get an update on the case so on july 19th five days after
2: pam and helen's deaths detective byerson brought megan in
4: my mom
7: would
2: he says that once megan started <laughs>
7: it's just unimaginable.
2: she wouldn't stop
7: everything i could ask her for anything
2: we just
1: can't get her to leave
5: this is you
1: she stayed for more than four hours
5: Long well, story of short, the point I'm making
1: is... We would ask her questions that we knew the answer to, and then she would either pivot to something else... I don't understand what ...or just outright not answer the question. I
8: don't know what you
1: Wait. want me to say. We well, want you to tell the truth. I just want you to answer the question.
2: At first, Megan insisted it was her mom who had made those calls to the bank. I'm
1: going to play the call but for But when
2: you. Byerson played the tapes for her...
1: Who is that on the phone? I did me. It's you, right? I did
2: Detective Byerson says she finally admitted to lying to him about the wire transfer.
1: Why in the world would you do that?
4: Because I
1: knew how it would look. No, no, it's not how it would look. You knew that if we knew about this, that would shine a whole new light on you.
2: Still, she was adamant that she hadn't shot anyone. So it was truly bizarre sister. when halfway you know. into the interview... Explain me. Just
5: answer the question. Explain, explain me. Explain me. Explain me. My family's not through enough. Just Explain me so they can move on from this,
1: okay? It seemed like she was acknowledging that we knew that she did it without openly giving us a detailed confession.
5: This is not happening.
1: Though inadmissible
2: in court, she readily agreed to take a polygraph.
1: She failed three times.
2: Byerson says it was all adding up. He was sitting across from a
1: killer. It becomes very obvious to us it is exactly who we think it is, and it's Megan Harden.
2: But despite
1: everything, police let Megan leave that day. So murder investigations can be extremely complex. You not only have to be sure, you have to be right. And that decision is not just, it does not just rest on me. I have to be on the same page as the Commonwealth attorney's office. So in consultation with them, we decided to wait. Law enforcement may not have moved, but Megan Hargan did.
2: Though she never got Pam's money, she and her husband used a VA loan to buy a different house in West Virginia.
1: We kept an eye on her, we knew where she was.
2: Byerson methodically kept building his case. Evidence kept trickling in, including the results of Megan's gunshot residue test, which showed she had it on both hands. And on November 9th, 2018, almost a year and a half after the deaths of Pam and Helen Hargan. This morning, at approximately 7.40 a.m., detectives from our Major Crimes Bureau stopped
5: and arrested Megan Hargan near her home in West Virginia.
2: As Detective Byerson takes Megan in, investigators search her home and find yet another important clue, that missing password sheet to Pam Hargan's accounts. Do you have any doubt that Megan was the person who pulled that trigger? I have no doubt at all.
10: What the defense would say is that there is doubt all
2: over this case. Megan Hargan's defense will include a specific theory of how Helen could have killed herself. She puts
10: her head down and that she's able to utilize the trigger, probably with her toe, to be able to discharge the weapon. But will the jury agree? Even the experts said it's possible. At Amica Insurance, we know it's more than just a house. It's your home, the place that's filled with memories. The early days of figuring it out to the later years of still figuring it out. For the place you've put down roots, trust Amica Home Insurance. Amica. Empathy is our best policy.
6: Man, that sunset is gorgeous.
0: Grill, patio, sunset. Hard to get better than that. Unless you're browsing Carvana's inventory while you soak it all in. Oh, burger time. So sit back, get comfortable. Carvana's got thousands of cars under $20,000 just waiting for you.
6: I could stay here forever.
0: Carvana, where car buying meets comfort meets convenience. Download the app or visit carvana.com today.
2: What did you see in her eyes? Nothing. I don't see much behind those eyes more than three years after her arrest for the murders of her mother and sister megan hargan is going on trial
5: i think she's pure evil
2: whitney Um, gregory and tyler bazilla are prosecuting the case
1: megan is a pathological liar that's what she is
2: The Commonwealth of Virginia opens by arguing Megan tried to steal more than $400,000 from Pam for this new house and got so desperate for the cash that she killed her. Then she killed Helen to keep her quiet and staged the scene as a murder-suicide. This is an individual who murdered two of her closest family members for money. The defense argues Helen was the killer, mentally unstable and furious at her mother, who had offered her a new house, but the morning of the shooting announced there was one devastating condition. Helen had to break up with the man she had hoped to marry, Carlos Gutierrez. What is your greatest challenge with this jury? Proving it wasn't a suicide. To do that, they begin by calling Carlos and Helen's sister, Ashley, who testify on the day she died, Helen seemed normal and fine. Did Helen have a diagnosis of depression? No. And she didn't take her own life, says Detective Julia
3: Elliott. It's a homicide. Who tells the jury about the bloodstains and position of the rifle. She did not have an arm span long enough to pull the trigger.
6: Her fingers are not reaching the trigger.
2: Crime scene reconstructionist Iris Graff agrees. Here, what's on the screen?
6: Kay. This is a forensic animation, a virtual model.
2: Prosecutors hired Graff to use photos and measurements from the house to create this digital model. She can't reach that trigger. Right. We still need
6: another five inches.
2: So based on your scientific analysis, was the wound that killed Helen self-inflicted?
6: Within the context of this scene, it's not possible that she could self-inflict that wound.
2: Gregory says that's just common sense.
6: Did the tooth fairy put the gun hole here?
2: Helen's wound isn't the only evidence pointing at Megan. Yes, Megan's did. conduct in her police oh my interview my is damning, too.
9: Yes, she did. We, yeah, had
2: and that. so are those phone calls to the bank.
4: Thank you for calling Cap One Bank. Would you tell me your name, please?
7: Pamela Hanson-Hurgen.
4: I understand you want to complete the wire transfer with us today?
7: Uh, Yes, yes, wire they need need it today.
1: Megan's
10: panicking because she still owes that money on the house.
2: Prosecutors reveal Megan lied to police about Pam buying her a house, saying the reality is that Megan was trying to buy that West Virginia property with her mother's money. Turns out Megan still owed more than $400,000 due the day of the shooting. The prosecution contends she'd secretly substituted her name onto Pam's bank statement as proof of funds. Pam was apparently totally in the dark until the day before the shooting when the bank called the real Pam.
1: Hi, who am I speaking to? Who
5: am I speaking to? My name is
2: Jeff with Capital One.
5: Okay, this is Pamela Hanson-Hargan.
2: A bank officer had called her to authenticate the attempted wire transfer. Somebody tried to do a wire out of your account for $400,000.
0: What? I did not do that.
2: The defense would say that
10: there is doubt all over this case.
2: The defense declined to be interviewed, so we asked Matt Torriano, an attorney with decades in court. He didn't try this case, but we hired him to review the file. To help prove reasonable doubt, he says the defense contends Helen was the suspicious one that day. Helen doesn't call 911.
10: She doesn't run out of the house for safety. She tells her boyfriend, do not call for help. Why didn't Helen call 911?
1: That is one of the pieces to the puzzle that we'll never have. That's a question that came up during the trial. Why didn't she just leave? Why didn't she call 911? We don't know. There's
2: a lot authorities may never know for sure about the roughly two hours they say lapsed between Pam's and Helen's deaths. If Megan killed Pam, why did she wait so long to kill Helen? And why on earth hadn't Helen made a run for it? Testimony suggests she was worried about eight-year-old Molly, who was home at the time. Not a good enough explanation, says Troyano. For hours, Peter, she allowed what is claimed to be a
10: murderer run loose in a home with a rifle,
2: without seeking help, without barricading her into a room. He says Helen's body showed no definitive signs of a life and death struggle. Why wouldn't she have fought back? And how credible are the witnesses against Megan Hargan? Troiano says the defense wants the jury to believe one may not be credible at all her sister, Ashley. Her story has changed. When she'd spoken to investigators soon after the shooting, Ashley told them Helen had once been in emotional turmoil.
7: I know my sister was depressed.
2: Has she ever talked about hurting herself? Yeah. But once on the stand, Ashley testified she doesn't remember ever saying that. She says 150 times thereabouts that she
10: doesn't remember certain things. There's two ways to look at that. Number one is that she doesn't remember, right? Number two is that she doesn't want to say things that are not helpful for the prosecution.
2: Ashley testified that she couldn't recall more than 150 times. Why was
1: that? Anytime you're dealing with a victim of trauma, there are always going to be aspects that she can't recall.
2: Whatever the jury thinks of Ashley, the defense wants to explain to them how Helen could have pulled the trigger on that rifle. And they have a theory with her toe. She puts her head down
10: and that she's able to utilize the trigger, probably with her toe, to be able to discharge the weapon. Her toe. She's got to figure out some way. And the,
2: the critical question is, could it have been done? Even the prosecution's expert witness concedes, while very unlikely, it is possible. Can her toe reach the trigger?
6: Yes, her legs are long enough that her toe could reach the trigger.
2: Either way, the judge thinks Iris Graff's digital reconstruction isn't necessary, so he prevents the jury from seeing it. And though Megan Hargan never testifies... Every shred of
1: evidence shows
2: that Megan Hargan was the one who committed these murders. In closings, Prosecutor Bazilla argues there's no evidence Pam Hargan was actually going to cancel the contract on Helen's new house. And he urges the jury to compare Helen's behavior around the time of the shooting to Megan's. He says Megan's actions speak for themselves.
1: She's doing all these things that a murderer would do.
2: But the defense insists there's reasonable doubt in this case. They argue the prosecutor's forensics are inconclusive and the toe on the trigger theory cannot be ruled out it's possible
10: and if it's possible that then lends itself to doubt
6: megan hargan is innocent
2: megan's friend rebecca wolf spent about five years working for the justice department she knows her way around a criminal trial and has been at this one almost every day
6: i would not be comfortable sending someone to prison for the rest of their life without knowing, beyond a shadow of a doubt in my mind, that they did it. On March 24th, 2022,
2: almost five years after the shootings, the jury gets the case. Based on your review of this case, as the jury is heading into deliberation, could this go either way? Sure. What do you think of the defense's toe-on-the-trigger theory? For a look at a timeline of the investigation, go to 48hours.com. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey.
7: Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress-them-on-the-third-date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are.
2: As the jurors come back into the room, they have a decision. Are you looking at their faces? Yes. After a three-week trial, it takes the jury less than two days of deliberations to reach a verdict.
1: I I thought my legs were going to go weak because we were standing up, and it had been just like months of our lives that this is all we had done.
2: Megan Hargan is guilty. Two counts of first-degree murder for killing her sister Helen and mother Pam. How did Megan react to the
1: verdict?
5: At least for me as a prosecutor, I don't want to look over at that table. I think it's not very classy. I'm just sort of in the zone trying not to pass out.
1: (laughs) I think weight lifted off of everybody. It was a very emotional moment.
2: The jury recommends a sentence to the judge of life in prison on each murder count. He will rule on that this fall.
6: I thought for sure that I would be getting a phone call and coming to pick her up, 100%.
2: Megan's friend, Rebecca Wolf thinks this jury was short-sighted.
6: I thought they were going to see through all of this. They were going to look at all the evidence. They were going to ask the right questions. They were going to do their job. This
1: job is difficult.
2: Detective Byerson thinks there are parts of authorities' conduct in this case that he would have changed if he could how 911 dispatchers responded to Carlos Gutierrez, and how quickly the Fairfax County PD went public with the murder-suicide
1: theory. I don't find it helpful to kind of make a blanket statement about what we think it is, because it doesn't matter what we think it is. It only matters what it turns out to be.
2: Was justice served in this case?
1: Depends on what
2: justice is,
10: right? You're never bringing back the two lives that were lost.
1: The domino effect of tragedy from what happened is immeasurable. Though the trial is
2: finally finished, waves of grief still wash over the surviving Hargan family.
1: It's just an immeasurable grief.
2: And ripples still reverberate in the lives of people they touched, like Pam's
5: former neighbor, Tammy. And I was just... I uh, Just... Y- devastated i mean just but what i didn't have any words It, it was just unbelievable
2: and helen's friend aaron
5: i was in shock who had moved abroad
2: after graduation and had to hear about her death from us
9: i had no idea that happened to her
2: you're convinced if helen were alive today she'd be on the road to some great success some great career
9: absolutely she'd be a trailblazer
2: (laughs) how do you want your friend helen to be remembered
9: for being kind and compassionate driven and caring just a very caring person
2: A popular college professor found dead in a hot tub, accident, or murder. Suspected her boyfriend. Then, a stunning act from their host. A sudden shotgun blast. There's something he's hiding. 48 Hours, two weeks from tonight on CBS.
8: Audible is the destination for thrilling audio entertainment. 500 500. That's audible.com slash thrill or text thrill to 500 500.
9: If you're listening to this podcast, then chances
2: are good. You are a fan of the strange, dark and mysterious. And if that's the case, then I've got some good news. We just launched a brand new strange, dark and mysterious podcast called Mr. Bolland's Medical Mysteries. Go follow Mr. Bolland's Medical Mysteries wherever you get your podcasts. And if you're a Prime member, you can
7: listen early and ad-free on Amazon Music. It was the biggest scandal in pop music. The stars of Milli Vanilli, the Grammy-winning multi-platinum R&B phenomenon, were exposed as frauds. But none of this was their idea. So whose idea was it? Enter German music producer Frank Varian. He saw the success of acts like Michael Jackson and Prince